Welcome back. Good to have you. The Bill Michael Show. We are live. We're in Verroqua, Wisconsin. On site today, the Norwegian Hollow. We're here today until 8 o'clock tonight. 6 to 8, the Bill Michaels Huddle gets underway. we got uh, Dan and Jay, Jay here today from 5 until 6 tonight. And uh, some music being played. So we're going to have a good time. Come on out and say hello. Going to be here tonight again five, uh, from 6 until 8 tonight. The Bill Michaels Huddle will be live here in Verroqua. We're live now, but uh, we'll be live a little bit later on tonight. In the meantime, got to talk a lot about the rest of the NFL and our buddy Mark Schofield from SB Nation joining us on the hotline. Mark, how you doing? I am doing well, Bill. How are you? Great to be with you each week. Um, you know, let, let's start with that game on Monday night and and what you saw because uh, now it's it's national pundits are now starting to say, look, as 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 bad as the offense looked, like what is this defense doing? It's a defense that was was going into this game ranked in the top ten in scoring. They played very soft zone coverage. They they just it, it just looks inept, and people are now questioning Joe Barry's scheme. So my question is, what do you see outside looking in? Yeah, I mean, I think there's a lot to be said about, you know, what you just sort of walked through, particularly how they handled sort of the end game situation. You know, as you said, sort of playing off, playing soft, giving Tommy DeVito the opportunity to sort of take advantage of what the defense was giving him. You know, and, and they talked about it on the broadcast as well, saying, look, you know, they just need a field goal here. They don't need big chunk plays. Like, they're going to take six yards, seven yards on a pop. They've got time. They don't have to get into the end zone. And then the second they started to tighten things up, it gave Tommy DeVito the chance to make that one big throw to Robinson to get themselves into field goal range. So, you know, end-of-game situations are always tricky for a defense between balancing, you know, not giving up the big play. So you do want to keep things in front of you, but not making it super easy. And I think sometimes when you just sort of – Spot drop into off coverages, off zone coverages, like the Packers are doing that end game situation, you really make it very easy for a quarterback, particularly a young quarterback like DeVito, to make easy reads, easy throws, check downs, just take what he's got. I think they could have done a better job in sort of mixing things up a little bit in that situation, showing him a couple of different looks instead of rolling out straight, soft zone coverages like they did to start that drive. And so, you know, that's sort of what I saw. I understand the frustration. Endgame situations are difficult, but I do think they could have done things a bit better. The uh, the game that night, uh, another one that was in the works, and that was Miami, who got beat by Tennessee. Now Tariq Hill goes down with the injury. But, you know, again, you know, what should we read? In, because the Packers fans felt like the Packers were onto something. Like suddenly we're looking at a team that is a legit playoff contender. And if you dared to dream – the way Detroit has started to falter a little bit, you thought, you know what, if you could reel off some of these wins against these lesser teams, you still have a legitimate shot at winning the division. And instead, they go and lose to New York. But then again, you also see that Tennessee knocks off Miami. So, you know, do we just chalk the Packers' loss up and Miami's loss up to any given Sunday, so to speak? I mean, I think in some senses, yeah. You know, NFL games, that's why you take the wins any way you can get them because, you know, any given Sunday and all of that, the other guys are getting paid too. The other guys are trying to make their cases, like, for example, that game in Tennessee. Will Levis wants to be the team's starting quarterback going forward. He, he doesn't want them to dip into the quarterback market yet again. And so the other guys are playing too, and you have to go out there and win. Now, I think the thing from Miami's perspective that's extremely concerning is – you know, their record against good teams isn't great this year. You see the teams that they've lost to are, you know, teams like the Bills and teams like the Cowboys, like teams that are the good teams this year is where they've sort of struggled. They've beaten up on some, 
you know, teams with losing records. And you never in the NFL want to become sort of one-on-one on a list where, you know, since 2016, teams that have been up 14 with three minutes to go were 767-0. and The Dolphins were the first team to lose in that situation since 2016. You never want to be that kind of one-on-one. And now they have the Tyree Kill injury to worry about because he is such an important piece in their offense with obviously what he can do with the ball in his hands and what he's being targeted, but also with what he can do in creating opportunities for Jalen Waddle and some of their other receivers with the attention he draws from the opposing defense and the opposing defensive coverages. And so I think for Miami, you know, if you were going to ask me which loss concerns me more, I'd say Miami's loss. I think Green Bay still has a good path to get into the playoffs. The Dolphins do also have a good path. But in terms of which loss worries me more, it's that Miami loss with A, how it went down in the final three minutes, and B, the injury to Hill. Okay, let's uh, let, let's take it a bigger picture here because the NFL is, uh, you know, the, the report coming out of Boston, the NFL is reacting to the fact that it appears anyway that the Patriots – have made their, uh, you know, motions clear that they're going to part ways with Bill Belichick, that they no longer would like him as the head coach and or GM of that franchise. Give me your thoughts on Bill Belichick, one, being close to the record, but two, if indeed this report is true, what next? Yeah, I mean, I I think taking that second question first, I I do think that the report is true. Tom Curran has been a a longtime insider in the Boston area, and that's where this sort of stems from you know, a report that he put on NBC Sports Boston. You know, I have no reason to doubt the report. And, you know, he's been plugged in for a very long time in that organization and in that building. And this has been a topic of conversation for weeks now, you know, and this is a a topic that, you know, first sort of came up earlier in the year. And that's when the report came out that they had actually signed him to an extension, you know, maybe to push back on the rumors back then. But this is a team that has, already been eliminated from the playoffs, a team that has struggled in recent years since Brady left. And let's not forget, Bill Belichick wears the two hats. He's the head coach and the general manager, and it's a team that has missed in some big ways from a roster construction standpoint, their 2019 draft. All of those players are either somewhere else or out of the league entirely. It now seems pretty clear that you've missed on the quarterback in the first round with Mac Jones. And so Bill Belichick, the head coach, has been – undone perhaps by Bill Belichick, the general manager. So I I do think this reported is solid, and it wouldn't surprise me if it turns out completely true in the end. As for what's next for Belichick in that record, I do think that it's more likely than not he's coaching somewhere next year. And you can see the landing spots that are potentially out there for him. Certainly Washington is one. You've got a new ownership group that would like to make a big move, a big hire, and you've got a reason to do that if you're in a new commander's ownership group. We're hearing today that the Capitals, the Wizards, are potentially moving into Northern Virginia. You know, that's a big splash move for those two sports teams. So Washington, the commanders would love to do something big, get Bill Belichick in. That would be a big, splashy kind of move for them. You wonder about Carolina, David Tepper. Would he back up the Brinks truck to Bill Belichick's house and say, look, you can have total control, GM, head coach, it's all yours. And Bill, you and I have talked about the sort of Dallas Cowboys scenario that's out there if Dallas has another sort of playoff disappointment and Jerry Jones decides, look, we've got to go in a different direction. So I certainly think that if the reporting out of Boston and Foxborough is indeed true, I have no reason to doubt it, that Bill Belichick is going somewhere else next year, that you've got landed spots for him and he'll be on a sideline somewhere next season. 
Let's, let's talk about that, uh, that uh, Dallas Cowboys possibility. Dallas right now, uh, technically, by the tiebreakers, leading the division. They are plus 188 in point differential. We know the Eagles are kind of hanging on. They've only got plus 21, but the the, the uh, San Francisco 49ers, it's kind of like San Francisco owns the, uh, the NFC and Dallas has to get past them. Say Dallas does get a win or two, but cannot get past San Francisco again in, say, an NFC championship game. Does Dallas still? Do you think Jerry Jones still makes a move if they get a win or two in the postseason? I mean, I think it would sort of depend in that scenario how that game goes down, that hypothetical path where they beat San Francisco in an NFC Championship game but lose. If it's another embarrassing loss like they've had against San Francisco in years past, I think he might say, "Look, this team's plateaued. You know, we still have an inability to get to where we want to go." I think if it's sort of a close game, a field goal or something like that, maybe he decides, look, we're still close enough that I'm willing to do this. But I, I think a lot of it would come down to how the team looked in that sort of game. But, look, we know Jerry Jones wants a Super Bowl. I mean, get into NFC Championship games, that's not the goal in Dallas. The goal is a Lombardi trophy. And if this team comes up short, even if they have a decent run, and maybe even that hypothetical scenario where they have a close loss to San Francisco in an NFC Championship game, he might decide, look, if Bill Belichick is available and this roster is close, maybe we just need that one extra move at the head coach and GM spot to get us over the top and Bill Belichick can deliver that. I do think that – and part of the reason the Dallas scenario sticks in my mind is that Washington's handing out there as a potential option in a world where Bill Belichick is looking for a new job, you know, to block his move to Washington while bringing him to Dallas, I think is something that would be very intriguing to Jerry Jones. Let's talk about teams that are peaking at the right time. I mean, San Francisco, I think we could put on that list. Certainly Baltimore, we could probably put on that list. Uh, Some of the teams that are starting to play better football, can we say a team like say the Broncos, starting to peak. I mean, you know, who knew that they'd be at 7-6 and six after getting off to a 1-5 start and looking so absolutely terrible, awful. The Buffalo Bills starting to look good along the way. Talk about some of the teams starting to peak at the right time. Yeah, I mean, I think Denver is on that list, and it really starts with the defensive side of the ball. They've decided Vance Joseph, obviously, you give up 70 to Miami early in the season. It seemed like he was trying to have the players run what they were doing last year. And now he sort of switched up things and leaned into more of his defensive philosophy. And you've seen a big defensive turnaround as a result in Denver. And that's a massive reason why they're winning games. And, you know, we get Saturday, this is Bill, but this is perhaps one of my favorite times of the year because we start getting those Saturday NFL games. We get Denver, Detroit Saturday night in prime time, which if you had said to me in August, this was going to be a huge game for both teams for playoff implications. I would have thought you were crazy, but it is. And I think Denver is in a very good position because of what they've done on the defensive side of the ball. They figured out that part of the game at the absolute most critical time for their season. So I think they've been playing extremely well. Buffalo is an intriguing case. They had the sort of get right game after everything that was said and written about, you know, Sean McDermott and others in that building last week to go into Kansas city to win a game against, you know, a, a team that you consider a rival against a team that is leading their division was a big win for them. Now it doesn't get easier this week because they get Dallas. But if they win that game, after everything we've talked about with Dallas the past couple of weeks and how Dallas has put themselves at the top of the NFC East, if Buffalo comes around and wins that game, that's the proverbial sort of, that's the team nobody wants to see get hot. 
you know, if you're an AFC contender, if you're Baltimore, if you're Miami, if you're some of these other division leaders, you see Josh Allen and company getting hot down the stretch into the Christmas holiday, it's not what you want to see. But those two teams, Buffalo and Denver, certainly have my attention heading into Week 15. Talking with Mark Schofield of SB Nation, uh, talking some NFL and looking at teams that have big games, too. you got a big one coming up. The Ravens uh, have an ability to make a statement knocking off the Jaguars and vice versa if that can happen. Certainly the Cowboys taking on the Bills this weekend up in Buffalo. And then the Monday night contest, the Eagles, while they have a 10-3 and record, they, they, it hasn't looked as pretty this year, and certainly their defense hasn't been nearly as good. They take on the Seahawks in Seattle coming up on Monday night. Three really big games almost back-to-back-to-back to back to back coming up this weekend. Nobody's on bye this week. The buys are pretty much done as well. So let's talk about those three games because you're looking for Dallas to make yet again another statement, right? Yeah, I mean, this is a sort of statement opportunity game for the Cowboys. You get to go on the road at Buffalo, a chance to sort of tamp down the, oh, the Bills are coming, you know, the Bills are on their way discussion with a big win on the road. And then for Buffalo, look, Buffalo's in playoff mode now. Like, you've got to win out. That's the approach you have to take right now. And, you know, every game is going to be critical for your playoff hopes because as things stand right now, you've got a number of teams you've got to get ahead of. And some of those teams, Cincinnati and Denver, have a head-to-head win against you. So it's not a scenario where, yeah, you can afford to lose a couple of games, but you've still got an advantage. You've got to get ahead of these teams by almost two games in a sense. And so – this is a playoff game with what I expect will be a playoff type atmosphere. And I'm going to be very curious to match up, you know, Dan Quinn and company against this bills offense, what that looks like when the bills have the football, how do you defend Josh Allen? So that's in my mind, a playoff game. The, uh, the other game that I'm looking at when it comes to this weekend, uh, the Monday night game, the Eagles, they've got to get right. I mean, if they're going to make that run and they're going to look like they did last year going into the postseason, they've got to get right. This is a big test for them because Seattle's got a decent defense. It's not like they're playing great offensive football. Geno Smith has certainly taken a step back from what he was last year. But they've got time for get-right games. And this is a big game for Philadelphia, specifically going east coast to west coast as well. Yeah, this is a huge game for both teams. And it's sort of – for both teams comes at the end of what's been a tough and and critical stretch. I mean, you look at, from Philadelphia's perspective, they have had Dallas, Kansas City, Buffalo, San Francisco, and Dallas, you know, over this past couple of weeks here. You know, they close it out with a trip to the Pacific Northwest. Always a tough place to play at Seattle. And from Seattle's perspective, it's been just as tough. You have, you know, San Francisco, Dallas, San Francisco. Like, those were their last three games, and now they get the Eagles, the defending NFC champions, coming to town. I, I still like Philadelphia in this game. You know, I do think that they're the better team overall. I do think that they have an offensive line and a run game that they can lean into if they want to. That's been a big point of discussion in Philadelphia about running the ball more to the point where you have fans basically picketing outside Lincoln Financial Fields, you know, with signs asking for Nick Sirianni to run the football more. And so it wouldn't surprise me if you do see this Eagles team lead into the run game a little bit here down the stretch because the offense – hasn't been clicking and what's really sort of missing is sort of the middle of the field you know between the tackles one game over the middle passing game that was part of the reason that Jalen Hurts took a big step forward last year was an ability to attack the middle of the field consistently right now it feels like their offense is sort of screens checkdowns and deep shots and they're missing that extra element particularly in the middle of the field so I be, it would not surprise me at all, Bill, to see them lead into the run game a bit and start setting up this under center play action, 
crossers to A.J. Brown, crossers to Dallas Goddard, who's back in the lineup, so they can start attacking the middle of the field again. Mark, always great to talk to you, pal. I appreciate it. And I could go on all day, but uh, we only have so much time. But I appreciate it, man. We'll talk again next week, okay? Thanks so much, Bill. Always a blast. Enjoy the games this weekend. Appreciate it, pal. Talk to you soon. There you go. Mark Schofield, at Mark Schofield, S-C-H-O-F-I-E-L-D. You can read his stuff over at SB Nation as well and the lead NFL writer for SB Nation also. When we come back, we're going to talk with our buddy Jim Ozarski from the Journal Sentinel. We're going to talk with him about this Milwaukee Bucks team and about the Draymond Green incident from last night, which uh, should find Draymond Green back on the suspension list. This portion of the program brought to you by our friends at Point Brewing. Point Brewing, don't forget, they have the Snow Pilot that's come out. They have the Amber Lager that's always been one of their favorites. They've got a lot of seasonal beers that are coming out, including Cider Boys, the Mimosas, the Caramel Apple, and then there's the the, uh, the regular, which is the first press. They may have some of the combinations out there as well. A lot of great stuff coming out of Stevens Point, Wisconsin and Point Brewery, uh, brewing excellence since 1857. More of the Bill Michael Show live here in Viroqua at the Norwegian Hollow coming up next. Covering Wisconsin sports like a blanket, this is the Bill Michael Show on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network. Ho, 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 I need a window. Maybe it's cold outside. So where do I go? Ho, ho. Come on, Santa. Go to Pella Windows and Doors of Wisconsin. Now is the time to replace your leaky windows and doors. You and Mrs. Claus can get your new windows while putting no money down, no payments, and no interest for up to 18 months. Unwrap this gift now, but pay for it later. More jingle that stays in my pocket. That's right, Santa. Plus, our elves install year-round and in as little as one day. Pella offers lines in luxurious wood to fiberglass and vinyl. Why not make a New Year's resolution today? That's the spirit, Santa. Pella, no. Pay later. Absolutely. Put no money down, no payments, and no interest for up to 18 months. But you have to hurry. Offer ends December 31st. Schedule your free consultation today at PellaWI.com. Certain restrictions apply. See show room for details. Offer ends 12-31-2020. Welcome back. Good to have you. Our friend at Dwayne's Cover It All. D-U-A-N-E-S. Dwayne's Cover It All.com. At Dwayne's Cover It All.com. Up in Wausau. Whether it's boat covers, awnings, gym equipment, office furniture, and so much more, Dwayne can do it for you. Again, Dwayne's cover it all up in Wausau. Call him 715-870-2119, 715-870-2119. And he does fantastic, fantastic work. That's Dwayne's, D-U-A-N-E-S, Dwayne'sCoverItAll.com. That's Dwayne'sCoverItAll.com up in our friends up there in Wausau. Um, got a lot of emails, uh, and I, I'm going to try to get to as many of them as I can, uh, but they've been flying in fast and furious today. Um, this one's from John listening to us in Howard. He said, hey, uh, Joe Barry has shown us all that uh, he is a mediocre coordinator, just like he was in Washington and Detroit. They have played games with preferred starters under Barry's scheme and still were mediocre. If people think that the players, then exp- if it's the players, then explain to me the turnaround in Minnesota. Packers fans seem to forget the defensive turnaround when they went with Jim Bates. Bates took a bottom-of-the-barrel defense and put it into the top ten with basically the same players, including Ahmad Carroll. That's from John in Howard. John, appreciate the email. Sometimes it's just a different look and a different ear. Completely agree with you, 100%. 
Different look, different ear, no doubt. Our buddy Steve says, here's a question for uh, Chuck when you have him on a little bit later. With the departure of Rowdy Telez, will Matt Arnold step up and get Santana back to play first base? If not, does he have a suggestion who's going to fill the void over at first? I'll ask him, Steve. I'll ask him for sure. Um, this one is from uh, Rick who says, uh, Bill, the Packers' problems are simple. Love needs to stop floating his passes to get some zip on them. The quarterback needs to be under center more often. The shotgun that everybody runs sucks, and while they think that the RPO is the end-all, forget it and get behind center. And if you only have Dylan as a back, put a tight end back there so in an so in an eye formation, run the damn ball or have them back there to block. Three, having quarterback under center is then going to allow him to do much quicker throws. Uh, the best example, third and 11, he got sacked and then missed a field goal. And if you look at the replay, if he would have just been under center, there would have been a slot guy on both sides, and that took uh, that took off, and that play would have opened up right away. Either one of them could have caught a pass for a good gain. Uh, four, he says, stop sending all the receivers 30 yards downfield. In the games that they've won, they actually did some crossing patterns. They had some guys over the middle, and he said, uh, watch Kelsey. He never runs a real route. He just kind of floats out there 8 to 10 yards over the middle, and Patrick Mahomes finds him. That's how they need to use their tight ends. For half the money, pay Matt, uh, I could call a better game. So there you go. That's from Rick. Rick, appreciate the uh, the email. Uh, this one is from Angie who says, uh, the Joe Barry question about is it the players or is it Joe Barry? It's Joe Barry. Look at his defenses everywhere he's ever gone. He's never been able to crack the, crack the top 15. Uh, he doesn't use guys and utilize them to the best of their ability. I think he holds them back. And that's what drives frustration. It's one thing to have great players on your team, but if great players can't play the way they know they can play great, then they're going to become frustrated and they, the message begins to fall on deaf ears. And that's from Angie. Angie, appreciate the email. Um, Dennis, uh, this is a long one, but he said, let's be clear, the Pack, Packers, played, Packers played a poor game against the Giants. The good news is that Love, after struggling early, came back and threw a great touchdown pass to take the lead with a minute 33 left in the game. All that needed to happen was the Packers' defense under Barry was to prevent the Giants from scoring. But as almost always, Joe Barry fails because he and his schemes and play calling are completely horrible. Getting zero sacks against the worst offensive line in the National Football League is unacceptable, while giving up over 200 yards of rushing again and being one of the worst rush defenses in the league, that's unacceptable. Not pressuring the quarterback is what he always has done against back of quarterbacks. It's always failed, and yet he continues to do it. Worse yet, LaFleur, Goody, and Mark Murphy are okay with that. When in the hell will these people put the winning before uh, firing Joe Barry? Uh, the players, the team, the fans deserve better. LaFleur constantly blaming his defensive players to cover up for Joe Barry and his embarrassing, pathetic, inexcusable offense and defense. Coach's responsibility, uh, he goes on and on and on. There, That's from Dennis. Dennis, appreciate the email. You get kind of the sense as to what he's talking about. So wanted to get caught up on some of the emails. By the way, uh, the NFL, just, you know, if you're kind of paying attention, the NFL made some decisions that uh, one is the next Super Bowl is going to be going back to SoFi Stadium. So this year it's in Las Vegas, then it's in New Orleans, then back to San Francisco and the West Coast, and then back to L.A. Two back-to-back Super Bowls in California. Uh, also, the NFL plans to play a game in Sao Paulo, Brazil. They awarded a 2024 regular season game to Brazil now in San Paulo uh, in uh, the Corinthians Arena. 
the home of Brazilian soccer club, SC Corinthians. It's been a venue both for the FIFA World Cup and the Summer Olympics. But the NFL wants to continue to be international, so they are going to take now an NFL game to Brazil. That announcement being made a little bit earlier today as well. Let's talk some basketball when we come back. Jim Ozarski of the Journal Sentinel is going to join us. We're going to talk uh, about all of this stuff. Uh, we're going to talk about, um, you know, the uh, the Milwaukee Bucks and Draymond Green, the NBA in general, all this different stuff when we come back. Stay tuned. we got a whole lot more of the Bill Michael Show coming up right after this. Ready? This is the Bill Michael Show on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network. Welcome back to the program. Good to have you on board. The Bill Michaels Show. We are broadcasting live. We are in Barocco, Wisconsin, out here at the uh, the Norwegian Hollow. Tonight, you got Dan and Jay, some music from 5 to 6 tonight. We got the show tonight from 6 to 8. So come on by and say hi. Talk a lot of Packers football, a lot of NFL coming up tonight as well. In the meantime, got to take a look at what's going on with the Milwaukee Bucks. And obviously, the big story of the day in uh, the NBA is the fact that Draymond Green at it again and uh, flailing wildly. Joining us now on the hotline, our guy making his weekly visit, Jim Ozarski is here. Jim, how you doing, pal? Hey, I'm good, Bill. I'm good. So let, you and I have not talked since the Bucks got bounced in the tournament uh, out in Vegas. Uh, I want to get your thoughts on that, getting beat by uh, um, a decent Pacers team, not a great Pacers team. So give me your thoughts on, on and what it was like to see that team go down out in Vegas. Yeah, look, uh, it was an NBA experience, Bill, and, and what I mean by that is they, I mean, they blew it out like an all-star game, like the finals, um, you know, in terms of the pomp and circumstance, the international media contingent that was there, believe it or not, um, to cover the, the whole weekend, all of the, the bannering, the signage, so they, the NBA really did make it an event. Um, now, in terms of the basketball, look, I the the Bucks, you know, they they lost the game. You know, they didn't offensive rebound. Damian Lillard didn't shoot the ball very well. Um, you know, they, there there were breaks in defense, but I, I don't think they were given any favors. Bill, with you know, arriving in Vegas, I think Wednesday in the overnight after beating the Knicks, they had a a media day, if you will, Wednesday afternoon, and then tipped off at two p.m. local. So. Um, you know, obviously the team wasn't about to, to use that as an excuse, but it was a, it was a really quick turnaround uh, for the league trying to showcase these two games in a doubleheader. Um, now the Pacers, obviously the Bucks play them tonight. They've beaten them twice now this year, Bill. Uh, Oshkosh's own Tyrese Halliburton has really taken a star turn. Um, an all-star last year, but now he's in that all-NBA conversation, Bill, which means what? top six guards in the league i mean that's Mm -hmm. he's in that conversation that's that's amazing for the state of wisconsin if you think about it but the pacers um behind him they just run bill i mean they don't play any defense they don't pretend to play any defense they really don't care about that it is run and gun and score and have a lot of fun to watch and frankly it's not a great matchup for this bucks team i mean 
yeah, Giannis is great in transition, but this is not a squad that really wants to – they score a lot, but they don't run. You know what I mean? So right. it's um, – the, the, the Pacers are interesting in that way because it's just a, a style behind Halliburton that doesn't really match up with a lot of teams. Let me ask you, let, uh, I want to I go specifically to Chris Middleton. Um, he, you know, I, on one hand, he kind of very quietly goes about his business. On the other hand, he is drawing the ire of a lot of Bucks fans right now. It's, it's, I don't know if it's inconsistency. I don't know if he's acquiescing to others that are on the floor. I don't know if he just hasn't, you know, hit his shot the way, hit his stride the way he wanted to. Give me your thoughts on the way Chris Middleton has played. Yeah, it's it's been tough, Bill. I mean, he's just now gotten to the 30-minute mark, his last two games. Um, he had been on this minutes restriction the first quarter of the season, and I, I think that's affected him. You know, his shooting splits are down across the board. I think that's affected the team. Bill, I, I mean, I, I remember speaking with you about the, the Giannis and, and Dane pick and roll, and I remember telling you, we're not going to know about that until Chris is out there the whole time as that option. Um, and we started to see that where teams are really having to make a choice with, do you really want Chris over there by himself? Or do you leave Brooke Lopez? And you're starting to see that. Now, go back to your question. Chris, look, he, he had knee surgery in the offseason season. He does look better, Bill, than what we saw in the playoffs in terms of his ability to move. But he has lost a step. You know, he's not, he's not the guy that we saw guarding Kevin Durant in the Eastern Conference semifinals in the championship season. Like, he, he's, he's not moving that well. Will he get that back as he's playing 35 minutes? I, I don't know. Um, but he does, he does look better. Um, we've seen some spin moves. On the baseline, we've seen him get to his shot. We've seen him make steals in the open court, Bill, finish at the, you know, in, in transition. We haven't seen Chris do that in a little while. Um, so I think, I, I think it's coming for him in terms of just fitting in and, and, and finding his role. And I think a lot of that, Bill, has had to do with these minutes. He just hasn't played enough. And now I think maybe, <laughs> knock on wood if you're the buck, if he stays healthy, if he's playing 30-plus minutes now, I think we may see what this can be, what he can be, you know, in this next month, two months, as, as he kind of, you know, really gets, gets folded into the offense. I know that, in, you know, that injuries have kind of played into some of the bench depth and the rotation. Give me your thoughts on Adrian Griffin and how he has utilized his guys with minutes and how he's utilized his guys with rotation and matchups. Yeah, this is really interesting. So, <laughs> Jay Crowder and Pat Connaughton being gone, for sure. Has, has really hamstrung him. And, Bill, look, we talked about this, you know, when I first started joining you at the start of the season. You've got three unplayable guys at the end of your roster. And Robin Lopez, Thanasis and Adekumbo, and, and rookie Chris Livingston. So <laughs> you're already playing with essentially a 12-man bench. And Andre Jackson, A.J. Green, who are they? What can they do? We don't know. Are they going to play? So, again, so now we're – that's 10 guys? right? Or, or you're up to nine, like in terms of who you, who you know what they can do. So I, I don't think it's a surprise, Bill, that if you look at the box scores on a nightly basis, Adrian Griffin's leaning on the starters. I mean, Giannis has missed one game. He's playing a lot. Damian Lillard has missed two games. He's playing a lot. Brooke Lopez. Um, now, obviously, we just talked about Middleton, and I think that had also hamstrung Griffin in the rotations. Um, he's he, you're seeing what Toronto did 
Bill, maybe not to the extreme of 40-plus minutes because those guys are all real young, but these guys are playing a lot of basketball in the early going, and I guess we'll see how that kind of bears out as, as the season goes on. The the I got to ask you about the Draymond Green thing. I mean, I we we can get back into Bucks basketball, but around the rest of the league, it's what everybody's talking about. And I thought the last time the choke to Rudy Gobert, woefully under um, valued when it came to the suspension. I thought it should have been a lot more. I thought it might have even gotten into double digits. Uh, clearly, he didn't learn his lesson. I don't think he ever will. What do you think the league does now? Because that was that was. His explanation was garbage. Everybody knows it was garbage. Everybody knows he was lying because he's a hothead with a fast trigger that just doesn't care. Yeah, I, I'll agree with you. I thought the the Gobert thing was definitely going to warrant more of a suspension, and I thought it was interesting that he, he, he somehow felt like he should not be continually punished for his past actions, right, which, which, is, which is sort of amusing to me because – when you have a pattern of behavior, I mean, that's the whole point of discipline, right? And right. I, I have no idea what was happening with him in that moment, Bill. If he was trying to flop and just flailed about and smacked him in the face or, or whatever, uh, but, but clearly Draymond is, is uh, something's going on with him, Bill. I mean, he's been ejected, what, three times now? Um, and you're hitting another player in the face. I mean, we've known he's got a reputation of hitting players in uh, lower regions than the face. Right. And so, yeah, I think um, if you're Adam Silver, I think you do have to levy a pretty significant punishment, and then you just go through the PA if it gets, you know, mediated down. But I, it's it's pretty ridiculous, Bill. I mean, this guy punched his own teammate a year ago and, and got no – punishment from his own team so i don't know if right that emboldened him even more i don't know bill but you're right it's, it's a pretty pretty ridiculous situation going on with draymond green if they decide say 15 games do you think the players association comes back heavy at uh adam silver or do you think they let it ride because they know there's not much you i mean i guess they have to defend them they're trying to defend other players that may do the same thing to not get a big suspension and or fine but I think there has to be the Draymond Green multiplier here for what he's doing. I, I, I really do. I mean, I agree with you that you can't say, well, it's, it's, you've got to take, take it on the incident itself. I don't think you can do that because this guy's a multiple, multiple, multiple-time offender. Yeah, no, I, I think so. Bill. Look, I mean, you remember when I left Milwaukee to cover Cincinnati, and I, I covered Vontez Perfect on a regular basis. And, I, and, that, and that was the same deal with him. You know, it was – some things he did maybe in the moment didn't warrant a, a, a suspension of a certain length, but it's, it's the, everything together. And, yeah, you can't just say, oh, well, I was suspended for this act four years ago, so that was that. Like, no, it, it's a pattern. You're right, Bill. I, I mean, yeah, the PA, of course, will have to, you know, do its due diligence and, and defend its, its players, and that's what it's there for. Uh, but you're right. I don't see how the league can't try to go a little further because clearly whatever they've been doing um, hasn't really deterred him from doing what he's doing. So I, I want to go back to uh, the, the Bucks for a minute. Uh, they've got the home schedule. They're one of the best records tied up with, I think, Orlando for the best home record in all of basketball. They're on this long stretch at the Fiserv Forum. Is this where you kind of get everything right now? Before you really get into the, the, the you know, we'll say the, the you know, off and running 2024, so to speak? 
Yeah, I mean, I think it's a good it's a good chance to do that, Bill. I mean, you're right; they're they're home until Christmas, and you know, then they play a couple matinees in New York, with again odd scheduling and whatnot, and 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 that that whole thing in, in Madison Square Garden. So I, I I'll agree with you to a degree where I do think these days at home, and whether or not you actually practice, or like yesterday, for instance, Bill, they spent a whole afternoon breaking down films. You know, today's shoot around, they, they use it sort of like a Friday walkthrough for the Packers, right? Mm-hmm. Um, are they going to solve all their problems? I, I, I won't go that far because, again, if Pat Connaughton comes back, like we're still going to be dealing with sort of odd rotation issues. But to your, your broader point, I do think it is a great opportunity in these next five, six games to win those games um, and feel good about yourself and, yeah, continue to – kind of tweak that defense in particular bill because that that's still a <laughs> that's still an issue hey real quick before i let you go i want to ask you uh brooke lopez i like the season he's having i'm watching him play defense he's still you know trying to block shots he's he, i mean do, is there ever a level of frustration that he's the only one that really plays defense <laughs> I, look brooke is one of the most emotive players on the court you can see in his face when he feels something hasn't been done correctly. Um, and that includes himself, too. He's called himself out a couple times uh, post-game, Bill, and, and, and saying, hey, I, I made mistakes in certain coverages. But, yeah, I, I, think, uh, I, I think the fact that Adrian Griffin changed up the defense to better accentuate what Brooke does has helped this team improve defensively. I mean, look, they were bottom of the league that, the first week of the season. You know, so they're gradually getting better. But, yeah, Brooke is definitely that anchor and I think that leader back there, Bill, where he, he kind of holds – he's one of those few guys who can hold literally every player accountable. And when I say that, I mean the other big fella, Giannis Antetokounmpo, mm-hmm. right? right, and Chris Middleton and Damian. Like, hey, like he had he commands that. So, yeah, I, I think uh, Brooke is that guy <laughs> for sure that, that wants those guys to, to kind of be a little tighter on the defensive end. Hey, real quick, one more, and I apologize, but I completely was remiss in not talking about Bobby Portis talking to the team after the game. And what did you make of that, to have a guy like that, a rotational bench player like that, but a kind of a fan favorite, speak up the way he did? Yeah, it's interesting. So Bobby, after the fact, said, hey, like, I, I've been here for years. Um, I, I, you know, paraphrasing him, been part of a championship team. He's like, the guys know me and know where I'm coming from, so I felt – I'm in a position to say something. Um, and obviously him and Adrian Griffin were disappointed that got out of the locker room in Indiana. Um, and I think Bill, it, it's, I'm not surprised. Like Bobby is that kind of guy. I think Adrian has encouraged that sort of ownership from the players beginning in training camp. Now I, I'll agree with you that it may seem odd that it's Bobby Portis, but I, I would say Giannis and Damian and Chris echoed those sentiments in a public setting when we went to the locker room after the game and talked to them on the record. So I, I don't know. I feel like it, it is a democracy in that locker room, Bill. I think guys like Bobby, I think Jay Crowder could speak up. I think Pat could speak up. I think they foster that, and I think there's a lot of mutual respect. I, I truly don't think it was a divisive thing, Bill, but it's definitely worth sort of putting a pin in uh, as the year goes on and, and if you hear or see other similar things. But I think overall, Bobby, I don't think is wrong in, in 
saying he's got a little bit of equity in that locker room. Right. No, I would agree. I, and I was glad to see him do it. I mean, I think he could be a guy that could do it. So I completely agree. Jim, always great stuff, man. I appreciate it. And we'll talk again next week, okay? Yeah, sounds good, Bill. Talk to you then. Thanks, pal. There you go. Jim Ozarski of the Journal Sentinel. You can find him at Jim Ozarski over on Twitter as well. And a great breakdown uh, of stuff. And like he said, you know, and I believe as well, there's going to be the the Draymond Green multiplier before it's all said and done when, uh, you know, they decide to hand down the punishment for this one. Coming off the heels of a five-game suspension not that long ago. So we'll see what actually Adam Silver has in mind. For Draymond Green. This portion of the program uh, brought to you by our friends at Curly's Waterfront Sports Bar and Grill right there on Pewaukee Lake in Pewaukee Lake View Boulevard, as a matter of fact, uh, on Pewaukee Lake. And they have a lot of great things going on, but also don't forget about the giveaways they have, the raffle prizes they have. They're giving away Bucks tickets, Admiral tickets. Check out Curly's Waterfront Sports Bar and Grill on Pewaukee Lake. And I believe if it's if it wasn't last night, I think it's tonight, their uh, their Christmas party is coming up. So check that out as well. That's our friends at Curly's Waterfront Sports Bar and Grill on Pewaukee Lake. More to come right after this. This is the Bill Michael Show on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network. Ho, ho, ho! I need a window. Maybe it's cold outside. So where do I go? Come on, Santa. Go to Pella Windows and Doors of Wisconsin. Now is the time to replace your leaky windows and doors. You and Mrs. Claus can get your new windows while putting no money down, no payments, and no interest for up to 18 months. Unwrap this gift now, but pay for it later. More jingle that stays in my pocket. That's right, Santa. Plus, our elves install year-round and in as little as one day. Pella offers lines in luxurious wood to fiberglass and vinyl. Why not make a New Year's resolution today? That's the spirit, Santa. Pella now. Pay later. (laughs) Absolutely. Put no money down, no payments, and no interest for up to 18 months. But you have to hurry. Offer ends December 31st. Schedule your free consultation today at PellaWI.com. Certain restrictions apply. See show for details. Offer ends 1231-2023. Good to have you back. The Bill Michaels Show. We are on the air. We are live. We're out here in Verroqua, Wisconsin at the Norwegian Hollow. Hey, don't forget our friends at Northern Lights Event Venue. If you don't have anything scheduled for the holidays, maybe they can fit you in. But if you're starting to move into 2024, whether it's a dinner, a wedding, rehearsal dinner, meetings, whatever it happens to be, business events, photo shoots, they can do it all. That's northernlightseventvenue.com. Again, that's northernlightseventvenue.com. Northernlightseventvenue.com. It's right there on the Milwaukee Riverfront. Beautiful, beautiful venue. If you have not been there uh, up close and personal to see it, I highly recommend going to the website, taking a look at it. And if you're looking to host anywhere from, you know, 85 to 100 people or less, uh, that's a great venue to do it. Two different uh, levels to it as well. Got a lounge upstairs, big meeting space, and bar and such downstairs. Beautiful, beautiful place, especially summertime. Summertime is absolutely awesome there. So good stuff from northernlightseventvenue.com. Again, that's northernlightseventvenue.com. Com. Grant, did you see this uh, former Jacksonville Jaguars uh, employee who stole $22.2 million? <laughs> I did. Uh, wow. And I almost have to tip my cap. 
I can't even be mad. That's amazing. <laughs> that the fact that he he, he did now uh, apparently he supplied his own lavish lifestyle, but in addition to that, uh, from 2019 through 2023, this past February, he stole 22.2 million dollars, and he goes by the name of Parlay Picker on FanDuel and DraftKings, and they've been talking about this guy for a while. He was spending upwards of 500000 bucks in fantasy tournaments um, on Major League Baseball, the NFL, PGA Tour, UFC. He's been betting all of this. His attorney says he's got a, a gambling addiction, but the buy-in on some of these contests and these elite buy-ins were 25000 to start. And Roto Grinders, which – I don't. I, I'm not a. Are you a better? Do you do you no. play a lot of these sites? See, no. I'm not. <coughs> and Roto Grinders, which kind of keeps track of some of these high stakes gamblers, they couldn't say what the buy ins were on some of the tournaments he was in, but they were well over twenty five thousand dollars a buy in. Not to mention what you were putting up after the fact. But they were watching this guy for a while. He stole twenty two point two million dollars, and apparently. He's uh, He was using it from a fund. It was a virtual credit card, a virtual credit card that was set up from the Jacksonville Jaguars account to what that he was using. Nobody knew who was using the money. He had set it up so cleverly over the years, $22.2 million. Now, the question is, what does he have left? You know, it's, it's funny because some people embezzle. It's like I bought a new truck because I stole some money. Right. from it. No, this guy just he, he bought everything, absolutely everything. And I kind of respect it. It's like go all in if it's you're going to embezzle like, money. Wow. He just. Yeah. Holy mackerel. All right. We've got another hour yet to go. We're going to talk some baseball. Chuck Freeman's going to be here in about 15 minutes. Stay tuned for the Locked on Brewers podcast. More of the Bill Michael show live. We are here. We are in Verroqua, Wisconsin at the Norwegian Hollow. Come on out. More coming up after this.